You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferber, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there. Welcome back to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and if you are a special educator, then this is the place to be. I'm going to be right by your side, helping you learn everything you can about building and operating a successful department. On today's show, I'm going to be sharing about a very important role you have as a special education teacher, that of a leader, leading your staff in the day-to-day operations of a special education department. And I've talked about leadership before, what it is, what it isn't, and I've done an episode before on the differences between being a boss and being a leader back on episode 67. So make sure you go back and listen to that one if you haven't. But today's episode is different because it looks more at your leadership style and more specifically a style you don't want to have. I can remember the exact moment I first heard the term micromanaging. It was 20 years ago when my dad had retired from one job and took a position with another agency to eradicate boll weevils from the state of Oklahoma. (laughs) Yes, I said boll weevils because my dad is an entomologist, but that's not the point of the story. I remember him complaining about his boss micromanaging him, and then I didn't really hear the rest of the story because I was trying to break down that word and define it for myself inside my head. Just like any new vocabulary word you learn, it seems like once you hear it, you begin to hear it more and more and more, and that's what happened with me. It's weird how that works. As a verb, to micromanage someone is to try to oversee all of the small parts of something, such as an activity, a job, or a task, in a way that is usually not wanted or that causes problems. As a noun, a micromanager is a boss or a manager who gives excessive supervision to employees. A micromanager, rather than telling an employee what task needs to be accomplished and by when it should be completed and then leaves them to it, will watch the employee's actions closely and provide frequent criticism of the employee's work and processes. Or they will have a hand in every decision that is made, not allowing the employee to be self-sufficient and will sometimes even just take over and do it themselves. So once I figured out what it meant, I began to apply it to my role as an employee. I knew I didn't want to be micromanaged, just like my dad didn't want to be. At that time of my career, I was still working for the first principal I had ever worked for, and she was not a micromanager. She allowed my coworker and I to set our own schedules, complete our duties as special educators without checking in on us frequently, and trusted that we were doing our jobs well. I knew my job, and I knew I was good at it. I didn't want to be told how to run my schedule. I didn't want to be told how to run my classroom. I didn't want to be told how to teach my students. And I've been lucky that none of the principals I've had since then, and there have been quite a few, none of them have micromanaged me. And you might be in the same position. You might not want to be micromanaged either. But I hope you heard what you needed to hear in that last part. I wasn't micromanaged because I did my job well. If you don't want to be micromanaged, the first thing I would do before you run off and find a new job and a new administrator who doesn't lead this way is to make sure all of your ducks are in a row. Are you turning in your paperwork on time? Are you seeing students for the time stated on their IEPs? Are you turning in your required lesson plans? Are your IEPs compliant and well-written? Are you a team player? Do you have your students' best interests in mind? 
Do you cut corners or do the bare minimum? If you don't want to be micromanaged, you have to not give a leader a reason to do so. With that being said, there are administrators out there who do do this very thing. In fact, I just saw an Instagram post about this the other day, which is what sparked the idea for this episode in the first place. Dr. Brad Johnson, one of the most inspiring and informative speakers on education and leadership, and the author of several books on educational leadership, posted this. Micromanaging is not leadership. You don't manage people, but you lead them. You should mentor teachers to maximize their strengths, but don't micromanage them. This destroys trust, relationships, and breaks down the whole team dynamic. Now, I want you to understand that he is speaking to administrators, but as a special education teacher, you are most likely in a leadership position within your own classroom and department, and you have a group of individuals whom you have to lead on a daily basis. That's right, your paraprofessionals. So the rest of this episode will be focused on what you can do to not be a micromanager of your own staff. As a teacher, leader, mentor, and department head for my district, and through running my business and talking to special education teachers all over the country, I know that being a leader to paraprofessionals is one of the most challenging aspects of the job. We are not taught how to be bosses in college. We are not taught about the different leadership styles or effective strategies to supervise others. And because of that, many of us, myself included, ended up struggling in this area. And we often end up being the very micromanager that we didn't want to have in our own bosses. So let's break it down and see if this applies to you. And if so, what can we do to help you break the habit? So let me give you an example. When I was first teaching, I would be working on an IEP or a lesson plan during my plan time while a para was working with a student in the same room. I had created the lesson I wanted them to work on and I had modeled how I wanted it done. And as I sat working, I put that in air quotes, working on my computer, I was consciously listening to what was going on on the other side of the room. Yes, I said consciously. And I would stop what I was doing to interrupt to either correct a student's behavior, add in a little extra explanation to the child, or provide guidance on what the para could be doing better. I thought I was helping them. But with time, experience, and wisdom, I realized that I wasn't helping. I was micromanaging. I was freaking doing the exact thing I didn't want my supervisors to do to me. Talk about a blow to the old ego. The first step to stopping this behavior was to acknowledge that I was a micromanager. Hello, my name is Jennifer and I am a micromanager. (laughs) And the second was to identify why I was doing this. Why was I micromanaging my own staff when I knew how detrimental it could be and that I didn't want to be micromanaged myself? I know why. I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I felt that I could do it better. But instead of being helpful, I was doing the opposite. I was not using my time effectively to get my own work done. I was interrupting the flow of the lesson, which only hurts the student. And I was diminishing the authority of the paraprofessional in the eyes of the student. I was also creating a negative work experience for that paraprofessional because she knew by my actions that I didn't trust her to follow through with what I had asked her to do. So how did I solve it? Well, now I do one of three things to keep myself from being a micromanager. First is I remove myself from the situation. If I have paperwork to do and there will be a para and a student in the room, I will often find a different setting to work. 
whether that is the empty conference room, an empty classroom, or sometimes I've even just gone out to my car to sit during my plan time so that I can focus on answering emails or returning phone calls. Now, I understand that leaving the classroom may not be an option for whatever reason. So if I do have to stay in the room during this time, I will put on headphones and play music just so I'm not tempted to interrupt. And the last thing I do is I'm proactive before any of this ever happens. I try not to give myself reasons to be a micromanager. I put systems into place. I train my staff on their weaknesses. I set up expectations and procedures. That way I can feel confident that when it comes time for my paras to do things on their own, they have the skills I want them to have. And if they need assistance, they will know the procedures I've put into place as to how to ask for my help. Micromanagement is a form of leadership that may produce results in the short term, but it actually hurts employees and the overall morale of the department over time. Usually, micromanaging has a negative connotation because an employee may feel that a micromanager is being condescending towards them due to a perceived lack of faith in their own competency. Although micromanagement is easily recognized by others, the micromanager may not view themselves in this way, and that's exactly what happened with me. So the signs that you might be a micromanager as well include, but definitely aren't limited to, occupying yourself with the work assigned to others, thereby taking on more work than you can handle because you believe that you can do it better. Looking over a team member's shoulders, both literally and figuratively, to monitor what each team member is working on. Constantly asking for updates on where things stand. Wanting to know what each team member is working on at all times. Delegating not only what needs to be done, but how it should be done. Leaving no room for the team member to take their own initiative. Never being satisfied with the deliverables and focusing on details that are not important. If you are taking the time to do one, two, or more of these things from this list, it is easy to understand how you could struggle with meeting your own deadlines and completing your own work. A micromanager will usually use up most of their time supervising the work of others and being nitpicky about minor details to subordinates, time that could have been used to get other important things done. When you are taking the time to check over the work of others, you are subconsciously saying no to getting your own work done, which will result in time spent after school, time spent at home at night and on the weekends, and increased stress levels. Team members eventually become frustrated and resentful as their work is undermined at every stage, and they have no autonomy over how to run an assigned lesson that you told them to do. Because team member skills and development on the job are stunted, the micromanaging style of leadership is totally ineffective. In addition, a supervisor who implements this management style creates an environment where their team develops insecurities and lacks self-confidence in their work. And then in your absence, the team may find it difficult to function. And this can cause even more stress on you as the leader because you will feel uneasy about ever being absent. You will think things won't get done the way that they're supposed to get done and that your department will fall apart because you aren't there to make sure that they do. And so if you think about it, being the opposite, which is called a macro manager, is way more beneficial for your staff as well as for yourself. Macro managing defines broad tasks to accomplish and then leaves your staff alone to do their work. 
Macro managers have confidence that team members can complete their tasks without being continually reminded of the process. It's most likely possible that your paraprofessionals have amazing capacity to learn how to get information across to students. Just because they don't have the same degree that you have doesn't mean that they aren't going to be effective. So what I want you to do is to take some time for some long, hard self-reflection. Do you always feel the need to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening at all times of the day? Do you take over a project after asking someone to do it because you think your way is better? Do you snap at your staff for small mistakes? Do you feel the need to always be in control? Do you course correct a pair as they are working like I did? If you see yourself in this, if you are able to answer yes to some or most of these questions, you probably have at least somewhat of a micromanagement problem. But it's okay. Knowing your weaknesses is the first step to improving. Embrace this new self-awareness. Ask someone you trust to give you some honest feedback. Keep track of how you spend your time for a week or two. Is most of your focus on your own work or on the work being done by someone else? Start paying more attention to your interactions with your paraprofessionals. And then if there really is a need for you to watch over their day-to-day work, if you have a paraprofessional who isn't doing what you've asked of them, ask yourself, have I trained them for this? Have I set up the routines and the procedures to help them be successful? Are the conversations I have with this individual most often about how I can be supportive to them or are they more directive or bossy sounding in nature? By self-examining, we are able to see our own flaws and make intentional progress towards improvement. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell that just by listening to this show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am and you want to grow into an amazing educator and I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you are not subscribed to the newsletter, I encourage you to go to spedprepacademy.com slash quiz and take the short little quiz that will help you unlock the superpowers you never knew you possessed and discover the kryptonite that's been holding you back from becoming an amazing leader for your staff. It will only take a minute or two of your time and it will give you clarity on how to become a better manager of your department. And by completing the quiz, you'll also be added to the email list so that you can receive the weekly newsletter that shares even more knowledge, more inspiration, more support, and discounts to different products made just for you. So again, that's spedprepacademy.com slash quiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego and help others find the podcast as well. If you liked what you heard today and realized you found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.